We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. What up, everybody? Welcome to another week of the Corner Podcast. It's Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. And before we get into a full week of pro wrestling, we got to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest, easiest, and safest way to bet on all things sports. With March Madness, the Masters, Major League Opening Day right around the corner, Bet Online has all the latest news, scores, and odds to help you win big. The best part, you'll receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your literal free money. Plus, signing up is a great way to support the podcast you listen to in your ears right now. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Whoo, it's always a mouthful, but we're through it. We're into the show. Dre, how's Texas? Man, um, yeah, I'm here for the Mikey Garcia-Jesse Vargas fight. Uh, obviously, this is our pro wrestling show with a sprinkle of MMA because we haven't talked about MMA in a couple weeks. Maybe we can just kind of glance over it. Um, but it's been so heavy on fighting and boxing. And um, Texas is cool. 
I've had some barbecue. I had some. I had some brisket t- uh, enchiladas the other night that that had a mashed potato middle, and it was amazing. Um, <laughs> that sounds delicious. Yeah, I went to a spot called Tight Ends, and I didn't know what it was, and it happened. You know, as a kid, when you uh, what you used to think Hooters was, and then you went to Hooters, and you was like disappointed because there was like no Hooters. Yeah. Tight Ends is the opposite of that. I mean, it's it's in Texas. I'm, I'm just picturing a bunch of waitresses with Megan the Stallion rump. No, 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 no. I haven't. I've only seen like maybe seven black people. So no, unfortunately, it wasn't that. Um, but yeah, they were all like scantily clad. Like suit. I was like, yo, where am I? Like what I thought Hooters was supposed to be. That's what Tight Ends it was. It went there last night. Um, other than that, it's cool. Garcia Vargas is. Uh, by the time you guys hear this podcast, it'll be. Un- probably either underway or may have wrapped up. I don't know when you guys are going to listen to this show. Uh, you should listen to it soon because it, we're gonna, we're previewing All Elite Wrestling's Revolution and we're recapping the bullshit that was uh, Super Showdown. Yeah, it's crazy. Before we get into everything pro wrestling, you know what the people want to know. You posted what? a picture on social media. Did you eat Whataburger? No. Thank what? you. Look at- no. Like that, that picture, like Whataburger actually found, Vanity searched their name and found me and then tweeted back to me. And uh, no, like I got to, you know, whenever you land in D- Dallas Love Field, the first thing you see when you walk out is like this big ass Whataburger. And I took a picture of it and I like said, you know, if you watch Seinfeld, I treat it. He was like, hello. Uh, it was like, hello, Kramer. Hello, Norman. That's how I treated Whataburger. It's like, hello. I'm not eating this shit. And everybody's like, you eating Whataburger? No, I did not eat Whataburger. I've eaten barbecue and Mexican food all week. Terrible eating habits. But no, I may I may actually try the breakfast before I leave. That's the only thing I might try. But the, the burgers are trash. If you feel, And if you're listening to the show and you're like a defender of Whataburger and you're feeling attacked, so be it. Whataburger's trash. In-N-Out has a better burger. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. It does. And you know my stance on gravy. When people are like, yo, you got to get the gravy. And they're hyping up this gravy. Gravy does not belong on fries, chicken nuggets. You know what? Gravy doesn't belong on anything but a biscuit if it's coming from a fast food restaurant. Maybe some mashed potatoes from KFC. And that's only because they don't put butter and salt on them. Then yeah. you can lather it in gravy. But I was like, gravy. I was like, yo, get, the, get this out of here. It was trash. I felt insulted by all the people that lied to me for like a decade about how good Whataburger is. It's never nothing. again. No. no. Sorry. You, all you Southern people that like swear by this, y'all have bad taste of food. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Just just bad palate all the way around. Don't get me started on sweet tea. We've had too many episodes about that. <laughs> uh, no, so wrestling-wise, Super Showdown, it was a fiasco. But I want to start off on a, on a happier note. And we've started rolling out the panelists to Wrestling With Stereotypes. Man, it, it's it's shaping up, and the buzz is great on social media. But one thing we don't get to really say, even though your captions are quite nice, shout out to you. But one thing we don't really get to say is, uh, you know, just why we pick these panelists, what some of them mean to us, where we've seen them before. One that sticks out is Two Cold Scorpio, who's our first person that we announced, and to get him is like huge because we watched him for so long and he really revolutionized the style that's popular today you look at will osprey there's no will osprey without two cold scorpio Mm -mm. no i mean on top of that i mean 
the thing about Too Cold Scorpio was that he, the man of his size was doing those moves. Like he wasn't like ricochet size. He was heavyweight. He was a big dude doing flips and shit. And it's just, I mean, he was one of the people that I went after because, yes, I was a fan as a kid in the whole Flash Funk ECW story. We could probably dig into that a little bit. But then he's he's seen so much ECW, WCW, WWF. Like, he's an OG, and I always wanted an OG on this panel. And it was like, when he got back to me, I was, like, surprised. I was like, you know how to text? Because I don't know how old you are and shit. So it was like, you, like, and he texted me back. And then he emailed me, and he was just like, I'm in. And, you know. I'm happy. So yeah. I, we get to hear some Two Cold Scorpios <laughs> match. Like, I mean, people forget Shane Douglas beat Two Cold Scorpio for what became the ECW title. Like, he was on the other side of that Shane Douglas promo that really launched ECW. People forget this shit. He, he's been very involved in this industry. Now we get to hear from a black perspective. So I'm excited. Damn, I forgot about that. It's crazy that, you know, so much history has been created that you can get lost in something like that where... You know, people romanticize ECW, and rightfully so, but they had so much talent that you forget, like, through years, like, damn, this person was in ECW, or this person had a run, or this person was involved with that match. So that's bananas. Uh, we've also announced uh, Faye Jackson is going to be on the panel. Oh, I can't In the wait. Women's Hour. That's going to be hilarious. I, I already feel like she's on 10. She's doing the... Uh, what is sweatpants battle royal? The gray, gray sweatpants, sweatpants battle yeah, royal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh man. So I I don't know. I already told the wife See, like yo, we might have to miss that show. After the last wrestling with stereotypes, <laughs> my wife developed like a semi crush on uh, Scorpio Sky, who is now in this gray sweatpants battle royal. So I was like, yo, nah, yeah. you can't just let you go willy-nilly shooting your shot at Scorpio Sky. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm excited about Faye because, uh, yeah, Faye, when, when uh, after the last one, I can't remember who, Faye actually DM'd me at some point. It was just like, I need to be on your next panel. And I don't know if that's exactly how it went, but in my head it went that way. And then she kind of said, you know, I've got these stories to tell. And then we started texting. And I was like, look, you know, I, I want to have you on the panel. Then she started telling me the story about how this promoter wanted her to twerk more because, you know, that's what black women do. And she should have been a stripper instead of a wrestler. And she, and she was like, that's one of many stories I got to tell. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're in. <laughs> and she's unfiltered. She pledges no allegiance to no real promotion. Like she's kind of floating around. So it's like and, and you know, according to people that I've talked to in this industry, Many people that expected to have this huge breakout year this year. And, you know, like uh, a lot of guys, like a few talents had last year, uh, including people like Swole, who's now in AEW. Yep. But people expect that Faye is going to have a huge year, so I'm glad to have her. Yo, we've had some talent come through these wrestling with stereotype shows. So, our, I mean, you look at Chris Bay, who just signed to Impact. Like, we had him on the first show when Chris had just won the FSW title. Yep. A year later, boom. He's one of the hottest free agents in the game. You know, we've had um, just damn so much talent. Willie Mack coming through swole. We had Private Party, who's, you know, on their way in AEW. We had Nyla Rose. <laughs> Nyla Rose before she became champ. So, so much talent just coming through the panel and gracing our panel. It's, you know, just uh, amazing. 
and we're gonna you know try to keep that going which is great swole showing up for the second time first person to come on two times uh onto wrestling with stereotypes so that's gonna be great with a different perspective now yeah from the last time so. yeah and you know it, it's, and the cool thing about swole is you know I, I i'll have her on the show a million times like that's one person that i've actually kept in contact with regularly and you know swole being a mother learning that she has crohn's disease um, and just understanding how much she's passionate about this, like to be black in this in this business and, you know, the pitfalls and the perils and the things that she's been through. So I know she's ready. There's some things that she didn't cut loose on last time because we never have enough time. Even this show, we're not going to have enough time like we would like to. But you guys are in for a treat, man. Uh, we got Kaz and Wale to really talk about Wale Mania and how this all came to be. And Kaz you know, and Milio, by the way. Who did I say? You said Kaz and Wale to talk about Wale Mania. Oh, shit. Not that, Kaz Wale Wale. not that Wale wouldn't be a great guest, <laughs> but I cannot let you know us make a mistake yeah. on the illustrious Emilio Sparks with that flowing hair I know. In, the, I know. in the picture. Like, and, and, oh, my gosh. That hair is magnificent. And the best part of Emilio is he's the only white person on the panel, and he's been invited to the cookout. But he's, like I told my man the other day, You've always had an invitation because I've known Emilio for a while. I've respected what he's done and his contributions to the culture, and he respects the culture as well. So for him and Kaz to be able to discuss, you know, their individual careers, because, you know, uh, Kaz was a writer for WWE. He was on our first Wrestling with Stereotypes. Emilio helped launch the podcasting network. For a lot of you that have been listening to New Day and Corey Graves' podcast, that was, Emilio was behind a lot of that. So to hear those perspectives and how they brought hip-hop and Wale Mania to WrestleMania weekend, and now we've created this culture of blackness for that entire week, and it's only getting bigger. To hear their stories, like a lot of people think they just got here and did it. Nah, man, those brothers work hard, man. I've known those cats for a long time, so I can't wait. And it's not necessarily, I know a lot of people are like, yo, this is finally we're going to have the uh, the corner wrestle rap like panel. It's not quite that because we have other guests, but I think we're going to have to do one when it's just us four eventually. Yeah, because like you said, there's never enough time, right? So that's that's going to be the crux of it. But it is nice to at least finally get us all on the same stage. And, uh, you know, we're going to have fun. And there's still more guests to roll out that I'm sure we'll talk about on next week's episode when, you know, the full lineup is rolled out yep. and we have everything ready to go. But, man, it, it's off to a good start. Make sure you guys buy your tickets for that on Every single one of the Twitter posts, the, tw the link to buy tickets are there. Make sure you spread the word. If you know people coming to WrestleMania, if you know people who've been to previous shows, make sure they come out to this one. People who just might be interested. I think it's going to be a good conversation between all of us. So we appreciate you guys for supporting it. And we're going to go out there and have fun. So that's uh, the main crux of that. Ah, now let's get sad and depressed. Um... We have, I don't even know where to start, WWE Super Showdown. I might as well just go down the card because bouncing around does nothing because it was all very meh. That's that's how I put it on Twitter. So I was like, oh, what'd you think of it? I was like, really? It's meh. Cause, and I was being generous by not saying that it was a horrible dumpster fire of a WWE Network special. Not even calling it a pay-per-view. So... Started off with the OC versus the Viking Raiders. Hey, so we can first of all admit that they've finally thrown in the, the towel on the Viking Raiders because... Not yet. Not yet. Uh, come on, man. 
Like these guys were the champs, and it's one of the most unmemorable title runs I've ever seen. And now they get pinned clean by Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, who were, you know, for better or worse, they were like the tag team that won that that whatever thing in Saudi last time, best tag team in the world. So maybe there's that, but dude, I think it's over for them. The Viking Raiders, I think they're done. No, they only win in Saudi Arabia, and I think it's because the OC still holds like such a kind of like worldly prestige from being in New Japan, that those fans might know them more. Because they were in New Japan. New Japan it has such a grasp on the opposite end of the world that they're like, okay, let's always make sure the OC wins stuff here. Yeah, but the, uh, but the, again, it's, it's the Viking Raiders, the War Raiders, whatever the fuck oh you want to call them. Like, yeah, but them, like, all I'm saying is I feel like they've looked at this decision of bringing them up and putting the titles on them immediately and immediately like they made them have squash matches they try to build them up and now they just lose clean as a sheet i think it's over i don't think they're going to be tag champions again i feel like they're kind of in a like a uh, a revival cycle where they're just kind of be hanging around but underutilized and they've never really maximized who they were they've, they've had zero personality like they were few like why didn't okay why didn't they wrestle aop I don't know. Aren't they feud? Aren't they still feuding with them? No, I don't they're, know. They're in the Kevin Owens was Samoa Joe before he got suspended. Um, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, and them versus the Monday Night Messiah crew. No, I don't know what's going on. There's there's a whole ass pay per view in a week. This is ridiculous. There's another pay per view. Elimination Chamber. What the fuck is going on? I thought Mania was next. No, we got we have a whole ass pay per view. Next week, because then we're. This is what I talked about. This remember that roadblock pay per view that they had a few years back, and I yeah. bitched about it because I was like, "This is dumb. It's just it's really a roadblock. It just gets in the way." Yeah. This just got in the way because how am I? How am I supposed to watch Elimination Chamber next week? I don't care. We know everything that's going to happen because of this Saudi show. So Goldberg needs an opponent. Brock already has his. So Roman Reigns is going to win that. Spoiler alert: Shane is going to win. Shane is going to win. And who else is booked? Bailey may not wrestle. No, she. Just, I mean, no. You know what? Shayna and no, Shayna's in it. Yeah, they already booked that one. Yep. Yeah, Shayna's in the Elimination pa- Chamber. She's gonna yeah. win, and she's gonna wrestle she's gonna Becky Mania. Like this is a waste of time. We know what's about to happen. Yeah, it's unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. Um, they don't care about tag teams, so it doesn't matter if you set up tag team contenders for Mania, which is probably just gonna be the New Day. Because they, we'll get to that here, I guess now, the New Day loses the titles to Miz and Morrison, who are now a heel tag team. So, they're just going to drag this out all the way till Mania. It'll probably be on a pre-show. Yeah, or it'll end up being like a multi-man tag match. But here's the thing, like the New Day have become the Charlotte Flair of the tag division. And what I mean by that is, when they have nothing to do with those titles, they can always put them back on Charlotte, or they can always put them back on the New Day. Like, when they're like, ah, we need to build a new tag team. Well... Nobody else can hold the tag titles except for the New Day because they're the only tag team besides the Usos who need to stay out of trouble that brings prestige to that title. And then when it's time, when you, when you uh, introduce a new tag team, the New Day will lose it. And then the New Day just lost to Miz and Morrison. And then we're going to do this shit all over again. And then I guess the Usos eventually will get the titles back. But like this didn't bother me, them losing, because, again, they're just like a legacy team. Like The New Day have been established for so long that them losing, I'm just like, whatever. Cool. So do you break them up? Or no. Is this what you're saying? No, no, no. Oh, okay, no. Okay, okay, okay. No. So we just make this clear. There's, there, there's one 
There is one scenario, and if if what I'm actually working on comes through, I'm actually going to get a chance to ask them this, and you might be there for it. This is kind of a teaser of what I'm working on. There's one scenario that I would like, I would, I would, I would almost be cool with the new day breaking up, and I would like to ask them this: if you guys had to face each other in a th- triple threat to headline WrestleMania, is that for the title, for the World Championship? Is that a good enough reason to break up the new day? Define headline. Main event. Define okay. like the main program heading okay. into WrestleMania that closes the show with three black men, which means you're definitely getting a black champion. It's the first time the two black men close the WrestleMania, like kind of like the whole Becky Ronda thing. But is that is that a good enough reason to make history to break up the new day? I wonder how they feel about that. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, it is. They would. They would have to do it. I mean, your your question honestly is, would you do that to put Big E over? <laughs> no, it's not. But yes, I know what you're saying. <laughs> but that's what it boils down to, right? Like to make Big E the star that everyone thinks he is, and that he rightfully is, and to finally give him that push. Because if any of them go heel, it's Big E. Not that you have to break up and go heel. But usually that's, you know, how it goes. You can just break up and just, you know, go your separate ways. And you can do like, oh, I got to kill my brothers type thing to get this belt. The belt means so much to me. But WWE doesn't think that well in advance or plan storylines that well. So somebody got to go heel. And it'd be Big E going heel. And the question would be, are you guys willing to break up to advance Big E's career? And make history. Like again, that's that that's would be so historic to see those three in the in the marquee headlining WrestleMania and the only in the major program of WrestleMania, the one that gets the most energy, features three black men. I'm, I'm, I just want to know. And I'm sure the listeners are going to feel a certain way about this, too. Because like me, it's like I don't want to see them break up because I, I feel like they should be together forever. But then if you have the opportunity to make this kind of history, because who knows what the WWE would do after that? They could completely fuck this up. But for that particular moment, the three of you headlining a WrestleMania against each other for the biggest prize on the show, is that a good enough reason to break them up? I'll leave that out there and we can move on to the rest of this trash-ass show. Real quick, I got a hot take. Uh, a hot question. Oh, it's not shit. even a hot take. No, you know, it's, it's mid. But since you bring that up, it's something that, you know, it's going to be a topping on this year's WrestleMania as well. Now that it looks like Roman Reigns and Goldberg are headed towards a collision course for the belt. Is it a detriment to go on last at WrestleMania now? With how long it is and the expectations, is it better to not go on last? Is there more impact in not going on last? Because I think Roman Reigns goes on last again this year and beats Goldberg. It takes away from it i think seth rollins winning last year against brock might have been better because it was earlier you get the fatigue you get the ups and downs of the crowd the crowd was dead even by that ronda match they picked up a little bit but it's not what it should have been it's not what it was in years past that prestige of closing the show everyone's dead by the end of the show well, okay, so here's the issue. Here's the real issue. The real issue is, yes, WrestleMania is like 13 days long, right? And we're all pissed off by the time the shit ends. But the bigger issue is because Wrestle Kingdom is so long, and we don't give a shit. You want to know why? Because they build to those matches. So you start off with tag matches. You build, you build. And then when you get to those final, like, five matches, you've peaked. 
And even though the show is long, you're like, oh, shit, I'm getting the best match of the night in the main event. The main event of WrestleMania hasn't been the best match of the night in years. That's years. I think the last time that it may have been the best match of the night was when Rollins ran in for the Money in the Bank. Like, I can't Ooh. think of another main event. I think um, HBK Undertaker... Still wasn't the best match overall. They had a ladder match on that one that opened the card. That was redonkulous. Yeah, that's, that was the Daniel Bryan winning the IC title. And also when yeah. uh, Randy Orton... Ambrose almost killed himself. Yeah, well, and yeah, Randy Orton RKO'd Seth Rollins the hell on that. That was a good WrestleMania. Like, me and Marcus no, were was. both there. Yeah, um, but I think the last... Uh, well, clearly, the last main event that was the best match on the show... Um, DB, Daniel Bryan in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, probably, probably, because I, I, I mean, I was him going all the way back. H, him and Triple H match was good, but it wasn't the best. Then you had Lesnar Taker, which wasn't a good match, but was su- surprising. You had Cena no, probably, versus. Yeah, I don't give a shit. That was that was the best. That was the best match on no, the that show. That was the best match of night. Yeah, yeah, that was the best match, and I think before that was like HBK Taker in Arizona, whatever WrestleMania that was. But the point they is, is that, that yeah, they headlined. They closed the show. Oh, okay. they closed that show. Um, but the, the point being is like it's a detriment because it's never the best match, and the, the three matches before it aren't the best matches either. So we've reached a point with WrestleMania where the the hottest match usually starts. There's some really good match in the middle, and then like the rest of it's like, what the fuck? Because it's long. So if they if they actually built a good WrestleMania, it'd be great to go on last. But right now, you're probably right. It may be a detriment because they don't pace these shows well at all. No, they just need to take the cue from NXT. Like if you just go and build all the way through, you're probably going to keep your fans engaged. It's they miss out on the little stuff, and people were tired of me complaining on Twitter and blah blah. blah. I wasn't even complaining that much. Whatever. But the WWE, I don't, I don't care about these grand misses, right? I expect those. I expect Vince to put the belt on someone who doesn't deserve it and fuck up a storyline or bury a character. Whatever, that's expected. Do the little things right. And you show me on NXT every week, every takeover, that you can do the little things right. Just have your card build. Those are little things where it's like, the wrestling fan and the landscape have changed. The WWE doesn't have to change their promos or, you know, having all this weekly content. Every No one expects you to change those things. Adjust to the landscape and do the little things, like building your cards all the way through. So you don't have a bathroom break match. I don't know who decided that was a good idea. Like, start off cool, warm, 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 and end hot. And they just, they, they can't do it. Um... Let's get back to this card. We had AJ Styles in the gauntlet match. Oh, this was like the worst gauntlet match ever. R-Truth, I thought, was getting the push. I thought it was a cool look for R-Truth, who had the good stuff with Brock Lesnar. So I was like, okay, they're going to try to give him some time. Andrade got got beat, I think, for like a punishment for popping. But this is like his first time back. They're like, all right, cool, whatever. Then AJ Styles come out. He ends the R-Truth kind of run through the tournament. Rey Mysterio gets jumped, and then The Undertaker comes out. Hey, man, it's Saudi season. Like, we know what this <laughs> shit is. Like when, And I'll talk about it with the Goldberg shit as well, but at, when, when I saw Undertaker came, come across, for a second I popped. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, he's about to win. And this match is going to be three seconds long. What does this do for AJ Styles? Well, I mean, it means... 
AJ wins that mania. Does it? Do you have any interest to in see in that match? No, but I, I understand where AJ is right now too. Like AJ AJ ain't got shit left to prove. If this is a bucket list match for AJ, like I thought he was gonna wrestle Edge for a second. If AJ's in the market of now doing bucket list matches, then you know what? God bless AJ. Like, yeah, go do your thing. Yeah, but it's kind of like, you know, if I'm like Zion Williamson and like my favorite player was like Larry Bird and they go, well, you get to play Larry Bird one-on-one. That's your bucket list shit in front of millions of people. I'm like, I don't want to do that to Larry Bird. I'm going to fuck him up. So that's what it kind of feels like. Like AJ Styles. like LeBron Larry Bird? Like it's like watching, yeah, LeBron and Larry Bird play today. Yeah, but do you want to see that? Like at their peaks? Yes. But if now, it's like a bucket list thing, like yeah, right off into the sunset, dude. I'm just saying, like this is gonna be a match. Like what we saw was like a half a choke slam and a pin, right? He didn't even take yep. off his coat. So it's like when we get to WrestleMania, we're gonna get the the long ass entrance and the spectacle, which will be cool. But then the bell's gonna ring, and we yeah, know AJ, and we AJ's know AJ can carry. wrestle. Yeah, yep. but it's gonna it's hard. It's really hard for a little man to carry a big man. It's really hard. Uh, yeah, I. Because you can't, you can't, Brock. like the I power. Can't disrespect Brock and say AJ carried him or these no. little guys carry him. Because Brock is still, when Brock wants to be on, Brock can still be on. That's what I'm saying. Like, Brock can carry a match. It, the agent may book it kind of funny with all the German suplexes and all that shit, but Brock can still go. He doesn't yeah. need to be carried through anything. No, when it's Take, time to get busy, he can get busy. Yeah, Taker, on the other hand, I'm not sure if he can hit a tombstone. Like, the fact that he didn't hit a tombstone in that match is like, what? And for whatever that was, like, what? Like, I didn't understand. I, I don't even understand it. I get, like, the bucket list thing, cool, but there's nothing about that match that I want to see. If that's what's happening at Mania, I don't want to see it. Well, they just want the entrance. Okay. Like, him versus AJ. No. Personally, I still believe AJ was kind of injured in the Royal Rumble. You could see it. Obviously, you know, the single got eliminated quick. But this is him still working himself into it. Cool. All right. Like... You don't want to not have AJ on the card. So it's no, like, I, I get how do we it. get him on the card? How do we... Oh, we need someone for Taker. Fuck it, just put them together. Like, that's a match no one ever thought they'd see. I'm, that's the least egregious thing that happened on Super Show. Yeah, let's keep so going. I'm, I'm all right with that. Uh, Angel Garza versus Humberto Carrillo. Keep this rolling. Uh, I mean, they're cousins. They put on a nice little match for 10 minutes. The crowd had no clue who the hell they were. They didn't give a shit. But I gave a shit. So thank you for having some real wrestling on this card. But it wasn't even their best match. It wasn't. They had a better one on Raw. And that's to me, is problematic. Like, not this is not an indictment on them. This is what Vince ends up seeing. And then he goes, oh. Because, like, what are you really going to do with them? Like, what is the real plan here? Like, they can re- we know they can wrestle. Yep. But you're not really giving them anything that means something. So therein lies my issue. It's like, this can be a great ladder match. There's no stakes right now. It's just They're just doing shit. And you're burning them out by having them wrestle every week on Raw. Then you put them on Super Showdown. By the time we get to Mania, they're not going to fight each other. They're probably going to be in the opening Battle Royal or some crap. Well, I hope that this leads to a six-man ladder match for the uh, uni- not Universal, but the United States Championship. Because you have Andrade coming back. You have uh, Carrillo injuring him. Angel Garza now feuding with Humberto. You have Rey Mysterio in the mix there as well. You had two more people. You have one hell of a ladder match. Ricochet ain't doing shit. We'll get to him in a second. 
throw him in this ladder match. And you have the opportunity to have a really, really good United States title match. So I don't, I don't mind that. But they put a graphic up, and they were teasing Raw, where they have a tag match. Rey Mysterio and Humberto versus Angel Garza and uh, Andrade returning. And I was like, yo, and Zelina Vega was off on the side. It's like, that'd be such a dope stable. Yeah. Like a perfect stable. You have the cousins who could be a tag team and can wrestle their ass off. A heel stable. So Garza and Carrillo who can wrestle their ass off. And they could, they're real cousins. They could be a believable tag team. Then you have Andrade who's the United States champion. Working his way up the card to be a main, main guy. And then you have Rey Mysterio who's the OG. And gives you that, that real credibility. That's what all stables are built off of. Yeah, nice fantasy, but you know what that becomes? Lucha House Party 2. Yeah, it's all bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like a revival of the Mexicals. Um, no, yeah, but a, a legit promotion can make that work. Yes. That's, just not that's this LIJ. Yeah. That's what it is. Or not, or just without the J. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this is what they had minus Roosh. Like, this was the crew. This is something you can build. And you place Conan with Rey Mysterio. How hard is this? For them, like very. It's it's tailor-made. But yeah, I don't I don't expect it to happen. I'm just saying it's in front of their nose. Um, after that, we have Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy versus the Street Profits. Murphy. His name, take, stop calling him Buddy. His name's oh, Murphy. they took... Yeah. <laughs> Give me that first name. All right. Seth Rollins and Murphy <laughs> versus the Street Profits. Uh, Angelo Dawkins is the Genetti. Montez Ford is the star. Me and Angelo Dawkins have the same post-winter body right now. So Hmm. I was watching this, and I was like, yo, we both gained some weight over the winter season. Me and him have to make a pact. We got to let it go. Like, we got to trim down. I stepped on a scale today. I lost four pounds since getting back from Vegas. I'm on it. Dawkins got to join me because that singlet, he's stretching the singlet. So, and I'm not body shaming. Don't get me wrong. Me and him are in the same in the same boat. We got to make a pact as brothers. We can't be out here just looking crazy. So before wrestling with stereotypes, I'm trying to lose some weight, look a little better. He got to do the same. You can't go into mania with the with the chubby gut. Nah, like we, we got to do better, my brother. Anyway, he ate the pin, and it was a match that was uh, somewhat forgettable. Ten minutes, whatever. Um, I thought it was a decent match. Uh. Yeah, but you Montez know Montez Ford was decent. Correct that. Yeah, but I thought Buddy Murphy was great in this match. I mean, really good in this match as well. I think there's not even like a real issue. Is that I'm trying to figure out what the Street Profits are now. Like one week they're like a comedy act, and then the next week they wrestle a really good match, and then the next week they're back to being a comedy act. And at least they're on TV. Yeah, but that's not enough for me. I mean, the new day so I, I don't a know what the act for a while. Yeah, but it was a different kind of comedy act. Right, like, I feel like, I feel like with with them, like a lot of the new days comedy didn't feel really forced. Like this feels really forced sometimes. Like when they do the little backstage segments. Ah, yeah, they're forcing them into like, not the weather report, but they do like a news report. Or yeah, something. I don't like that. And that me, either, but they're still being themselves within that framework. But yeah, they're forcing them into Saturday Night Live style skits. Well, on top, and then it's like, it feels like, I could be totally wrong about this, but it feels like, you know, they want Montez Ford to exaggerate his actions a lot more. 
and like his eyes and like his facial expressions, and it almost looks cartoonish. It wasn't like that in NXT, and it feels like they found something that they liked about them and were like, do that more, like dance more, dance more, more. And it's like at a certain point, it's like, all right, cool, like we can dance, but can we do something else? Like we're more than this. Shake the ropes, Montez. Shake the ropes. <laughs> I actually, and I love the shake the ropes spot. That shit's hilarious. <laughs> but I think like there's there's so many other things like when they were in in NXT that they were doing, and now they just like turned up like the comedic aspect of them up a lot more, and it makes them feel like characters instead of like characters. So how can you ever really take them serious? Well, Montez showed that at the end of NXT when you get into that real feud, and they lost and lost, and they they got like kind of serious and won the titles. So you can bring them back a little bit. You just can't leave them in that box. Or maybe yeah. they just got to break out of that box. Because WWE will keep you in that box if you let them. Yeah. They'll, they'll let you be in that box forever. So, yeah, sooner or later, you got to kind of push the issue. Um, next match, Mansoor versus Dolph Ziggler. I only see this guy in Saudi Arabia. And this motherfucker is like the fiend. Or what the fiend was. We'll get to that. Prior, no one's beating him in Saudi Arabia. Nah, man. Nobody. No, he he's a TRT Vitor, like in Brazil. That's that's who he's become. Like he's he shows up only for these shows. Like he'll pop in. Like he, I think he did like the pre-show a couple of weeks ago, or some shit like that for NXT. Yeah. Can't remember. Crushed it. Yeah, no, but it's like uh, was it, it raw? Duh, I don't know because raw. that's that's how frequently we don't see him. And then he shows up, and this match was like. Whatever. It wasn't even really a good match. Like, we knew who was going to win. It's like Ziggler. And I don't know what they're doing with Ziggler. But clearly, in, in Riyadh, this guy just can't lose. So, cool. You made the Saudis happy. But this is what the show was all about, was making Saudi people happy. That was it. It's a glorified house show. They shouldn't do, and we talk about this every time, they shouldn't tie it into the storylines for weekly storylines. They shouldn't build manias off of it. If you want to do all this shit, you want to have Bray Wyatt lose the belt to Goldberg... Uh, which we'll talk about. You want to have the tag team championships change hands. Do this all at Elimination Chamber then. And book this and just say this is a house show. Yeah. And that's well, it. That's it. It'll sell so much. The Saudi like, bag is going to dictate it all. So there you have it. And then I want to give a clap. I was distraught at first. But you know what? I've seen the bright side. I want to give a clap to my boy Ricochet. Officially. This match against Brock Lesnar is listed at a minute and 30 seconds. That is double the length of world champion Kofi Kingston. Um, I'm a clap for him. Clap for cover you, your, brother. Cover your ears, kids. Fuck this match. Um, <laughs> man, I was so... Like, this is where, I, like, me watching this show, because, mind you, a lot of guys follow me. I didn't watch this shit until... Uh, uh, Friday morning because I was busy out here doing fight shit. So I avoided a lot of spoilers except for the main event. I went to the bar and like everybody was like, can you believe Goldberg? Well, I was like, thanks a lot, you fucks. Like I really wanted to, <laughs> like I didn't want that to happen. But this particular match was a match that nobody told me about and I'm like, alright, cool. In my head, I was like, when, the, when Ricochet was walking, I was like, man, he got no pyro. This is whack. And then as, as he was walking down the ramp, I started thinking. I was like, yo, they didn't even build this match. They did nothing to build to this match. I was like, well, maybe they'll let him have a sprint for like 10 minutes. Nope. Ricochet didn't get a lick of offense in. He ran in to try to do a drop kick, got swiped away like a fly, and then got nerfed by Brock Lesnar. This, to me, this signals, and I know people are going to disagree with this, this signals the end of them doing anything remotely interesting with Ricochet in the near future. 
they completely nerfed. Like, his value got crushed in this match. And I know people are going to say, but it's Brock Lesnar. So. Nah, because look, what was Ricochet doing before this? Nothing. He got put in this match, and I have no idea what happened when they said, you know what, instead of Ricochet actually having a fun match that could raise his stock just a little bit, we're going to squash the shit out of him. And he's going to go right back to doing nothing. He'll probably be in the multi-man ladder match and probably do some cool flip. But as, in terms of booking him strong, like they could have done so much more with this match. Because like we've always talked about, Brock with the little guys delivers. They completely missed the ball on this. And just destroying Ricochet was like a terrible booking decision. Fuck this match. Well, they don't give a fuck about Ricochet right now. But I don't think he's just going to go into obscurity. Not completely. He's, like he's not Apollo Crews. No, but, but there's he's not the top six, and they're booking for the top six. And if you're not them, you're going to be fed to them. So, and that's six guys, the top six guys in the top three matches, guys or girls, in the top three matches of WrestleMania. I'll count Charlotte Flair in there. So, Charlotte Flair's NXT match, Bianca Belair, became the scapegoat of that feud. She brought all the entertainment, but took all the ass whoopings. So that they can keep it strong. To the point Rhea Ripley doesn't know how to do a run-in. She hit the full the full theme music and pose before running in and trying to help. Yeah. It's like, come on, Ma, you've never seen a run-in before? So people are being sacrificed for three names at the top of the card. And this was that case. This is to make Brock look as strong as possible so Drew McIntyre can beat him and look strong. But then they have to realize what happens when Brock leaves for six months after that. You're still paying him. But now there's no meaningful feuds for the champion, Drew McIntyre, because you had everyone nerfed beforehand. This didn't make any Because, look, man, Ricochet having a good sprint with Brock Lesnar doesn't weaken Brock Lesnar for the Drew match. It doesn't. But it does hurt Ricochet because you put him in a program where I was like, oh, shit, they're giving Ricochet a little push. And everybody who watched that match was like, what the fuck? Like, really? He swatted him away like a bug. Yep. That was that was so, like, I, man, I was Disrespectful. sick. It was whack, man, it was whack. Move on, I hate that match. Um, you're going to love this one. Roman Reigns versus King Corbin. Yo, I almost went to sleep. Number 25. I looked like dead ass was like, I started doing work during this match, like actual work, and I stopped paid, paid, paying attention, and I went like to the bathroom, and the match was still going. And I'm like, yo, why, why is this not ending? I played like Candy Crush on my phone, and the match was still going. I remember absolutely nothing about this match. Nothing. What if I told you this match was only 12 minutes? You're lying, because it felt like it was forever. It was, it was 12 minutes. <laughs> that is it. It felt like an eternity. And I hate pins in a steel cage match. What the hell is the cage for? The only way to win in a steel cage is supposed to be escaping the steel cage. Somehow Roman Reigns won with, I think, a Superman punch. He didn't even spear him. He Superman punched him with the chains of the cage. Goodness. And these guys have been feuding for eight months. Corbin has one win in eight months. This shit's not a feud. It did nothing. And I don't know how this... This is why there's a mid-card, right? Because I don't know how this propels Roman Reigns to a spot where you say, you know what? This guy deserves to challenge for the title. Why? Because it's six months feud with King Corbin? 
I don't get it. This again, man. Whew. I I don't get it, but what? people love it, Dre. That's what I've noticed. People love it. Who the, who are these people? The, WWE can do no wrong. WWE gave us what we wanted. That's a direct quote from multiple people online. They gave you what you wanted. Why are you complaining? Last year's Mania is what you wanted. They gave it to you. And my retort was, so they gave us one Mania and said, all right, fuck it. Back to our bullshit. That's like someone cheating on you all the time and saying, you know what? It's your birthday month. I'm going to be faithful. And then coming back and just smanging it around again in my case, June. My birthday month is May. It's like having a faithful spouse for all of May, being hype as fuck, and then in June coming back, she just busted it open all around town. It's ridiculous. No one would sign up for that. No one would be happy for that. Yet these people are irrational. Dude, that, like, all right. So the thing about the WWE is this. They're not a, a TV show, right, where they make a bad, like, decision with the writing and then like the ratings go down and then somebody cancels the show doesn't happen like wwe is like here forever the wwe has made piss poor decisions and one good decision in the midst of like multiple is not going to make me feel better about the product because what i value in a product is consistency and i'm not getting that with the wwe the only thing i'm getting consistently is disappointed that's all you're giving me is disappointment and yeah, the Kofi thing happened, but do we need to really talk about how long it took for this Kofi thing to happen? And the Kofi thing only happened because the fans really pushed that to happen. The Yes movement was Daniel Bryan, and that was only because the fans pushed for that to happen. The biggest issue the WWE has had is listening to the fans and what they want. Just because you give in every once in a while does not mean you're giving us what we want. That's not it, because we, I don't know who wanted The Fiend to take 37 curb stomps. I don't know who wanted this. I don't know who wants Goldberg and The Undertaker. Saudi Arabia wants that. That's not what we want. I don't want to see these old people wrestling. I don't, like, you're never going to please everybody, but I think everybody's been disappointed with the, the booking of this company. You have this amazing roster, and you can p- continue to treat them like shit. The same guys get pushed to the wrong spots. What we wanted, Roman Reigns had fucking cancer, and he was... It was so easy to make him a likable character and you stuck him in a feud that nobody gave a shit about for months. Who asked for this? The dog food company? Is that who asked for this? And then now they're like, oh, by the way, we remember you guys liked him eight months ago. Let's put him into a title feud so he can win the belt and stand tall after beating leukemia. You know know what the new WWE tagline should be? Better late than never. That should be the new WWE tagline. (laughs) Better late than never, because you're going to eventually get it when you don't give a shit about it anymore, but at least we gave it to you, because there's so many things that they gave us, and we're supposed to be happy about, but they weren't good. They weren't good. Kofi Mania was great, but don't I, I can't find a single person that goes, man, I really like how they ended Kofi's run, and then how he wasn't even mad that he lost. And people go, well, you know, he had his time, I'm supposed to be happy about this? Because Kofi got squashed by Brock Lesnar after you built up this thing. was like, hey, I ain't going to get squashed like I did a Beast in the East. Nope, you're going to get squashed faster than you did a Beast in the East to lose the title. And then you're going to be happy next week. That's not what we want. That's not what we want. At all. Ugh. But people still think that WWE fans complain too much. It's like, all right, man. Like, again, maybe they don't watch other promotions. Right? They don't. 
You don't know any better at that point. So it's like, okay, whatever. This is what they give me. So I'll take it. But they maybe don't watch New Japan and be like, oh, wrestling could be better than this. Like, in today's age, not the glory days, not reminiscing, not be like, oh, WCW is so great, or the Attitude Era. No, I'm reminiscing on something that happened a week ago. And people actually building stuff correctly. So, we'll talk about that in a second, because uh, there is a promotion building something correctly. So, we got to give them their just due. Uh, in the final main event, what did we have? Oh, no. I got ahead of myself. Bailey versus Naomi. The heavily dressed women. I felt like I felt bad for them because I was like, yo, you have so many clothes on and trying to do all this shit. And then a t-shirt on top. Yeah, it was a lot. Like, People I, were like, yo, this match is so dope. I was like, yo, I thought this match was pretty bad. I, I thought like, it was just slow paced. It's like they couldn't move in all the gear. It, it was like to me, I didn't think the match was bad, but I was distracted by all the clothes. And I was like, there's there's a lot of clothes going on in this match. Like, I'm watching Naomi sweat. I'm like, ah. Like, this match wasn't great. It just was kind of there. And then, like, the finish was like, all right, we're going to use the clothes to hit whatever Bailey's finish is. Listen, guys, again, this is another thing. We wanted Bailey to turn heel, right? And they gave us that. This isn't what we wanted. This sucks. Bailey's not fun like this. It's just, it's not good. Like, where the hell is Sasha Banks? This is weird to me. Like, all of this is, like, strange because, yes, Bailey's babyface character was growing stale and she needed an edge. But the haircut and this, like, this weird role model attitude, it ain't clicking, dog. It just ain't. So when they say they gave us what we wanted, that's not it. That's not it. This wasn't it. I don't like this. And this match was like, it's over, and I'm like, just get the title off of her. And then, but then I don't know what you do with her after that, but I don't like this. It's not what I want. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how they get the title off of her. I don't know how you justify giving her a match at Mania. There, there's no buzz, right? Like, if this shit was NXT, she'd be left off the car. Yeah. Just because you haven't done anything. So what? You, they're just sticking her on just to put her in the match? It, it's ridiculous. Um, then we have Goldberg versus The Fiend. Three minutes on the dot. Goldberg's entrance was longer than this match. The Fiend lost in three minutes. After the Monday Night Messiah that they're building up to be this grand guy fought him for 20 and couldn't beat him. After Daniel Bryan fought him three times, including a strap match that was pretty damn good, couldn't beat him. Goldberg hit three spears, excuse me, four, and what some people are calling a jackhammer. That was a hip toss. <laughs> to defeat the Fiend. And I get it. The jackhammer is arguably the most protected move in pro wrestling history. No, it's not. People have kicked out of that shit, but go Who on. Who kicked out of that? Somebody kicked out. Didn't Brock kick? Somebody kicked out of that shit. Um, I, it's I a pretty damn powerful move. But, I feel like somebody did. I don't give a shit. A 55-year-old hip toss is not yeah. the same as that old-school jackhammer that put, like, the big show down. It's not the same. Yeah. One-winged angel is the most protected move in By far. to me. This was the OG of that to me. And, no, it still doesn't justify the Fiend losing. Because you built him up. And again, it's wrong on so many angles. And it's wrong because of, yes, what you said for months and months and months. 
that they made him so unbeatable that anything was going to be ridiculous. Anything is going to be laughable. But when a 53-year-old does it, it's like, for what? I heard one good explanation on Twitter. Apologies. I don't remember the guy's name, but we talked it out. You know what? I was like, my man, you got a good reasoning. He was like, anyone, Roman Reigns aside, that would have beat The Fiend, would have gotten booed, or would have been, they would have gotten all the heat from this because it would have been ridiculous. Whoever you decide to put over on him because he had taken so much. Put all that heat, all the groans, all the complaints on Goldberg because he's going to be out of this motherfucker in a month anyway. Let him take all of that. So what? He's out of here. No harm, no foul. You don't ruin a, a normal guy who's here all the time. I was like, all right, man. But I thought about it more and I was like, there's people who could use that heat. So what if they boo? Get a, a mega heel out of it. You just wasted a ton of heat. Braun Strowman going heel, beating the shit out of the fiend. You can use that heat. Roman Reigns using the Usos to cheat and having them be a huge heel dynamic would have been great. No, none of that. And I understand a guy beat leukemia, but fuck it, turn him heel. <sighs> All right, where shall we start? Shall we start from the, the fact that I did point this out way ahead of time? And that, like I said it. I was like, look, the only place to go is down. They booked themselves into a corner because once you put him in a position where he seems indestructible, how do you beat him? Now, here's the, big, here's the issue. They decided to ride this shit out. They dug their heels in. They had him beat Rollins at the last Saudi show, which is nuts. And... He had, you know how many title defenses he had? One. One. The Fiend only had one? Daniel Bryan. Hmm, I thought he defended against him twice, but I guess not. No, Bray Wyatt did. Oh, Bray Wyatt, yeah, yeah. The Fiend had one title defense. One. Because you dig your heels into this by saying, you know what? Because maybe that's what Saudi wanted. I don't know who wanted this shit. We're going to get the title off of Seth Rollins with The Fiend. Then you put the title on him and then you realize, oh shit, we created this vengeful demon who doesn't, he's a champ now. So who's he getting vengeance against? Like, what, what is he taking aim at? Yeah. There was nothing. They never really gave a fuck about the belt. No. But then they were like, oh, let's create a $7,000 belt to sell the people. And I feel sorry for the parents who bought some kid that fucking belt because now it's pointless. But now, now we have this, we have The Fiend who is basically a special attraction. In a way, um, you have him against Daniel Bryan, which is who was his best match and his only match of that title run because Daniel Bryan's amazing. And then you decide to book him against Goldberg with no real build, heading into the Saudi show when WrestleMania is around the corner. Now, my biggest issue with this is very simple. When The Fiend debuted after the Firefly Funhouse, I thought the plan was for all of this to culminate into him winning the title at WrestleMania by him squashing people along the way. He won and lost the title, what was it, in between Survivor Series? Like, he, like it was like two major pay-per-views. Like, he won it at Saudi at the end of October. He, there was Survivor Series where he, he wrestled Daniel Bryan as Bray Wyatt, and Royal Rumble wrestled The Fiend as The Fiend against Daniel Bryan, and now he dropped the title at Super Showdown to a 55-year-old Goldberg. I am not mad at Goldberg. I am mad at the booking because why would you dig your heels so deep into this angle 
to have him lose to a hip toss in four spears. Yeah. With I, I'm, not mad at, I'm not mad at The Fiend. Honestly, I'm not mad at The Fiend. What? I think now, go back and do what you're supposed to do. No, you can't. It's over. It's over. It's not over. It's over. It is, this is why it's over. Because the WWE, maybe Vince McMahon, maybe whoever, has made a lifetime of Bray Wyatt's career by basically saying, what's your idea, Bray? That's good. Give it to me so I can fuck it up. That has been their plan the entire time with Bray Wyatt. That's all they've ever done with Bray Wyatt. They take every one of his ideas, they bring it to life, they rush through it, and then they figure out a way to fuck it up. It's like, it's like fucking clockwork. They've done this, go, what, three times now? Yeah, go be Mankind. Go be, you know what, now go be Taker. No. Go be a guy who doesn't need the belt. But no, just be someone who is just fucking cutting good promos, building good feuds, and you know what? At least let him win half the time. Because what what messed up Bray Wyatt's original incarnation isn't that he lost every now and then; it's that he lost all the time. Have him win some, yeah, and then it, he's fine. It doesn't matter now. Like you, you ruined it because the fiend was the alter ego to Bray Wyatt who could have had an undefeated run by beating up guys like Kane, Mick Foley, like just legend killing, and then beating up like a Heath Slater, and you bring Jinder Mahal to get murdered one week, and then you like build up. You beat Rey Mysterio, then you beat, I don't know, The Big Show, and then you beat, you know, then you finally work your way to the title. But now you peaked him. You made him indestructible. You king hippoed him now because now he just got beat by a 55-year-old man. How can I take any of this shit seriously when he comes out now? What about The Fiend when I see it? Do I go, man, I'm very intrigued by this now because you capped it out. It's over. It, there's it's nothing. Not a, I mean, dog, Seth is, Rollins has just revamped his whole no, 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 thing no. after Seth, giving no, no. 20 curb stops. Seth Rollins is an amazing wrestler. He could rehab his image just by turning heel. Bray Wyatt is not a great wrestler. He was a fantastic character, and you ruined the character. I think you let him be what the character is supposed to be. What is, is it? He gonna, is he going to be on fucking fire automatically? No. But you have him go and just be vengeful again. So the Fiend lost the title. He's going to be upset for a couple of weeks. Is Bray he? Bray Wyatt's going to play it up. Yes, the Fiend's going to be super angry. Bray Wyatt's going to act super scared. Is he going to get the title the back? lost it. No, then no, keep that shit away from me. But, but then what's the point? It should have never been next to but, him. But then what is the point? Taker had how many runs? Taker was different. Taker was a guy like Taker, Taker had. Taker was rushed. No, well, Taker, but Taker, again. Taker was rushed early. Let's, let's, let's believe Taker, Taker was rushed early. Taker wrestled at a time where there wasn't weekly wrestling shows. Where you just wrestled like the best people all the time, okay. like you like you squash people. Like this is we're in a different era of pro wrestling where Bray that, Wyatt fair. can be seen we're every sparks. week. We're so, sparks. That's why it's different. But Taker was rushed early, got the title, dropped that shit, wrestled a bunch of nobodies after, became dark and brooding again, won some, lost some. How many years did that take? It took years. Okay. And I'm wait. Bray, this next Bray shit, he better not touch the wait, title but wait. for years. Here's the problem. Undertaker, it took years for him to get to rehab that. We're already like six years deep into Bray Wyatt. And we still haven't got this shit right. 
I don't think people want to wait another three years for this shit to be figured out. I don't think they have a choice. I mean, the guy is so good at building Dude, stories and characters. Are, but are I you? Mean, but does I you, thought it was over after the last one, and then he gives us a character that's really good. The guy can build storylines. The Cena storyline back in the day. The Daniel Bryan storyline. The Taker feud where he carried that shit, and Taker wasn't even on TV. He carried it alone. The guy is not great in ring. He is an amazing pro wrestling storyteller. He can do that if they get out of his damn way. His problem is they won't. Once he gets into the spotlight and he gets to the top, they then interject, interject and mess him up in the they middle. Won't. In the mid cards, they let him rock and he can do some really good fucking things. It, it won't happen because it never happened. They won't. Bray Wyatt I liked, is a. I liked all those feuds. I, I liked the John Cena feud. I liked the. That was no mid card feud. The Bryan feud. That was no mid card no, feud. It wasn't for the title. It wasn't for the title. But my point, but my point is, is that you you take you took the greatest iteration of Bray Wyatt again, and you shit it all over it again. It's not like as fans anybody forgets. Like we we just we had to endure the the uh, the House of Horrors match. We had to endure them really like whatever they did with the uh the with with the uh, um. Maggots on the, on the no, not that shit. The the uh the Matt Hardy Sister shit, Abigail? like the whole Matt Hardy shit. Oh, okay. Like they, we had to endure a bunch of shit, and they keep fucking it up. They'd never have gotten this right. But you know how I know people still support Bray Wyatt and his and what he does and him as a wrestler is that we always give him another chance. Yeah, but is that we're always in on it again. Before the house, uh, before the stupid maggots on the mat, we were actually into him turning Randy Orton and that storyline and. Oh, that was cool. So when he won the title at Elimination Chamber, we were like, you know what? Good for Bray. That's really good. And we liked the work that he did there. Dude. He got crushed three times before then. Dude. We liked it. Eventually, the car runs out of gas. I don't think, yeah. I, I think the, this is it's over, dog. It's good enough to keep going. All right. I, we differ in that opinion. We've differed in all the opinions about The Fiend, and I've been right every fucking time. I don't think he's dead. I don't, I don't think the character dies like that. One, they're not going to let it die. But Two, what do you do with it to make people care? You make it what it was supposed to no, be. No, you don't because you can't trust the WWE to ever do that. That's not who they are. They if are it's not- out of the way of Roman Reigns and the main two titles, if you're out of Roman Reigns' way, if you're out of Brock Lesnar's way, you know what? You can kind of do some cool shit underneath that. But you can't be not. at the bottom because then you're really fucked. But they're not. That's my point. They're not. There is no 50-50 booking for The Fiend because nobody's going to accept that shit. You can't accept... Because Goldberg, like you just kind of mentioned, was like super protected, but he's a 55-year-old man. But Goldberg is like the upper echelon. So who can The Fiend lose to that we'd be like, okay, nobody, right? At this point, I mean, not even nobody. It's like he can only realistically lose to the top-tier guys because that's how you booked him. So yeah, if he can go, only lose to champions like, or potential champions. If he goes out there and loses to, I don't know. I Can't mean, do it. I don't. I don't even care you mentioned. Can't do it. Anyone on the mid card can't lose to him. But that's that's Again, the problem. That's why he has to win some. <laughs> He's not. It's over. The whole Taker wasn't losing to Doug, fucking the whole to, to any of the lower guys. This is over. But Undertaker came in on fire, and then he had a mid ass title run, which nobody gave a shit about. And you know what saved Taker? There, there were a couple things that saved Taker. Hell in a Cell, things that were yeah. built around Taker, Mick Foley, Mankind. Yeah, and Kane, perfect foil. Those, yeah. those were all built, and those all boosted the Undertaker. Because other than that, those were characters for him specifically. Yes, it was a very good idea. And th- there's no character for Bray Wyatt. The only Bray Wyatt fiend that makes sense 
right now, and, and, it, and it won't work because they, they're on, I guess they're on two different shows, is an Aleister Black feud. Yeah. But, it, but you can't have Aleister Black lose. Mm-hmm. You see, so the point is, is like not 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 clean. They gotta be some type of shenanigans. You you put you've put the fiend. You painted him into a booking corner. Like he can't get out of this shit. You used Goldberg to wedge him off the title that you should have never put him put so it on him in the first place. What are you trying place. to say? Like the guy's just done. Like what are you supposed to do with him? I don't know. But nothing <laughs> that. But <laughs> so no, said, like, But I'm saying just, nothing just that can be done. Him? Like no, no, he won't be cut because he'll just become one of these guys again. He'll just be like be. Uh, I, I keep using the Big Show Braun Strowman thing. Braun Strowman's just a guy now. He's just the guy. There's nothing special about him anymore. But I don't. They blew he's it. A guy. He's a guy that doesn't have anything to pull himself out of it. We've seen Bray pull himself out of it because he's and, extremely good at one thing. And then it gets and fucked that is up. Character development. And then it yes, gets fucked up every time. It could get fucked up every single time, but he has the talent in one area Dog, to pull himself out. This of it. Braun does not. Let's be clear. This was when we saw the fiend make his entrance in that Firefly Funhouse. This was the gusto. This, this was, was it. This, this was, was the <laughs> pinnacle. It doesn't get yeah. better than this. Nah. The mask, the everything, the pro- everything. When he f- went out there and nerfed Finn Balor, we were like, "Yeah, that was dope." And then the next week, they were like, "Title match." We were like, "What?" Like this is too soon. Yeah, that's it. And you were like, "Oh, well, they could do the split personality thing." They're not going to do that because they don't know how. They don't know how. It's like they put their foot on the gas, and then they look and they that go, "Oh shit!" So well, though, right? Like, but, the, but they don't Wyatt do that. Would have lost the title instead of the fiend. You protect the fiend character. But they don't do Bray that. Wyatt. They don't. No, they, they don't, don't do that. That would work so well, though. My idea was good. But I told you. I told that, you they were never going to do that. I yeah, told you. And you know what? And you. I can't deal in their stupidity. But you know, there's a way to do it. There, there's always a way to do shit, but they don't do it. And the worst part is they got to the Saudi show, and this is what happened. This is what I'm going to, th- I think, happen. They get to the Saudi show, and they're like, well, what are we going to do? And Saudi goes, we want Goldberg. And they're like, and, and they're, they're slaves to the Saudi bag. They're slaves to it. I mean, it's the only thing keeping them afloat, if we're being honest, financially. I mean, sure, they got a billion-dollar Fox deal. This shit that's keeping them afloat, but that, that bag is very nice, and they allowed Saudi to dictate who is on that show. And that show gets in the way because, dude, from the pyro to the the entrances in the pyro to like some of Those the matchups. Were amazing. It's, that shit was past Mania quality. It dilutes, it, but it dilutes WrestleMania. So now we're a month out for WrestleMania. What do you do with The Fiend? I mean, it looks like they're going to have him attack. I mean, full disclosure, we're recording this as SmackDown is on. So I'm assuming he attacks John Cena, which makes no sense because why doesn't The Fiend want revenge on Goldberg? This is my point. This is exactly what I was going to get to. You create a character built on vengeance. If he doesn't want vengeance on the man who just beat him, what the fuck are we doing? (laughs) What are we doing here? Fuck this match. Fuck this match. And it's not Goldberg's fault. It's not even the match's fault. It's that the WWE fucked this up as soon as they had that Hell in the Cell match. And it made him take 79,000 curb stomps and chair shots and get up. And now he gets pinned by a fucking hip toss. And we're all supposed to sit there and go, cool. And there's people like, well, you didn't like The Fiend anyway. You're right. But it's not The Fiend's fault. This was bad booking. And this is how they had to get out of it. And I, I don't see. There's nothing good about this. There's nothing that was good about this. The match sucked. It was dumb. And the, the finish wasn't even convincing. Like, nobody watched that match and was like, that was great. Nothing was good about this. They ruined Bray Wyatt again. Is That's the only thing that I could, I could get in my head. 
They found a way to fuck this up. How do you continuously find ways to fuck up good things? You ever seen a dude that like dates like fine women and just cheats on them and just fucks them over every time and he still gets fine women? That's a WWE. They get they get this shit gift wrapped to them. And they that go and the fuck it up. That is the most amazing analogy because I know so many of them. <laughs> that's, that's so. And incredible. all he does is ruin them. Like all these women yeah. leave and they're like ruined and spiteful and shit. And you're like, How, stop fucking up the women for us, man. Cut it out. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what WWE is. Ugh. I'm catching up on SmackDown. Roman Reigns called out the Goldberg. Surprise, surprise. Walked in the ring. Said, "I'm next." Oh. You know what? He got a pretty good. He got oh. a pretty good cheer. Wait, please stop. Goldberg. Okay. We're about to enter WrestleMania. When we get there, we can talk about this a lot more. But the way it's playing out, the two title matches in WrestleMania can go for a total combined length of eight minutes. No, Drew Mack and, and I'm just Brock saying, is going. It's not, it's not a foregone conclusion that these matches no. are going to go long. There is no thought, way in hell. I thought the same with Rollins last year, and that shit was four minutes. That's what I'm saying. So it's like you have like the Drew and, and Brock, because I have no idea how they're going to book this match. I'm completely clueless on where they're going to exactly. They can make this great or they can make this bad because Brock doesn't always do well with big guys. So they could fuck this up. Whoever the booking agent is, they need to figure this one out quick. But the the Goldberg Reigns match, this is a disaster waiting to happen, an absolute disaster. Like, did they not forget how bad the match with the Undertaker was? Thank you, everyone defending Goldberg winning the title, and some people are like, thank God, I hated the Fiend, Goldberg. Thank you for saving us. I was like, did people not remember his last real match versus Taker, where it went over five minutes? He was concussed and almost killed Taker. Dude. This oh is, man, this is this is bad. This it's not going past five. And, 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 the, and, and the over under at five is generous. And here's the last thing we can move on to AEW Revolution because that's the fun part. But this, from my perspective, the last thing is this: you have done these shows, and now you're heading into WrestleMania with a part timer with with like a no timer who has the Universal Championship, a part timer who has the WWE Championship. You're gonna have the Undertaker, like. How are you building all this young, not even young, all this great talent you have on your roster? If Drew McIntyre doesn't win, you've really fucked up. Because you, you are creating an atmosphere where WrestleMania and so, the Super Showdowns and all this shit is built around old fucking guys. And then we have to do weekly shows with the guys who show up and they're not getting a real push. And they're going to stop caring. They're going to stop delivering those matches. They're going to stop. You're, you're assuming that they didn't. You're assuming that they care now. A lot of them, I'm, I'm sure, have checked out because, like, what am I doing here? Like, a yeah, Carrillo like, and, like, like, what are they doing? The ceiling, they're just like, what am I yeah, doing? Like, there's, there's no glass ceiling to break through. Shit's concrete. Like, there's, like, dude. you're just going to... Kevin Owens is a perfect example. What the fuck am I doing here? Me and Jericho had the best feud. I come in, you guys take the belt off me to give it to Goldberg so he could go with Brock Lesnar. Like, really? I haven't touched a belt since. No, I mean, and, and look, look at that entire landscape. Kevin Owens. I mean, you look at Aleister Black, who hasn't done anything meaningful. You look at guys, like, all these guys are just kind of here, and they look at these shows, and they go, well, how am I ever going to get pushed into a decent program? Like, they, they did this all this shit around this crappy Rusev and Bobby Lashley program, and where did it go? Nowhere, because the program sucked. It just flamed out, and they're like, oh. Okay, but they, they invested so much time in that when you have this roster of talent that needs time to work. And they're not working. No. They're, they're not like Kevin Owens. Like, what are you doing with him? The the company stock has to hit a low for them to even wake up and realize. It's it's nuts. It's which it's is crazy nuts. now because they have. Let's, let's be real. Bruce Pritchard's on SmackDown. 
Paul Heyman is far from dumb. The guy is a very, very good pro wrestling mind. Bruce Pritchard had a podcast. We've, we've heard him talk weekly. He knows what's fucked up about the company. Paul Heyman isn't stupid. They, he knows what's wrong with the company. And they're not changing anything. They can't change anything. At this point, if those two can't, like, it's done. The company has completely flopped. And you know what? Maybe, you know what? I, I say it all the time. In trips we trust and all this stuff, that shit's cool. But maybe Vicious has to sell it to someone else. It's not gonna maybe, they, maybe they have to get the whole fucking family away from it. It's never going to happen. This is it. This is what we're going to have to deal with. So I, I say, like, look. Man, I, I'm I, a year away from really wishing that Khan and AEW blows WWE out of the fucking water and buys them like WWE <laughs> bought WCW. Because you know what? Khan got like 10 times the amount of money Vince McMahon does. And that's real talk. So I, I really hope AEW... It's getting to that point. I wanted everyone to just do better together. But the WWE main roster can't show that. I, I'm almost rooting for Khan to blow the doors off this mofo, make a ton of money with AEW, and buy the WWE and combine shit. I really am. It's, so let's move on because we've harped on this too, too long. So AEW Revolution is coming up. And they had their show Wednesday. And NXT was cool. But AEW has another great show. And if, yeah. it, the interesting thing is... I had one of our writers, Stephen Muehlhausen, over at Sporting News in the Zone. I had him interview Kenny Omega, and one of the questions I told him to ask Kenny Omega is, "Like you have spent so much time being the best bout machine, and since you come to AEW, you have not been that. Where is he, and when is he coming back? Because that's what everybody wants to know." And then he answers the question on Tuesday, and on Wednesday he has this amazing match with Pac. That match was great. Yep. I was like, "Oh shit." I, I, I mean, I'm sure they already was thinking this. It's not like our question sprung him into action, but it reminded me. I was like, yo, when he wants to go, that son of a bitch can go. And people that hate on Kenny it's Omega. It's a five-star TV match. Yo, he, it's nuts. He is absolutely, like, that match with him and Pat was nuts. There were so many spots in that match. I was like, this is ridiculous. And it's a 30-minute match that opens the show, an Iron Man match. And it wasn't an Iron Man match where I felt like I knew what was going to happen. Like, the, the, like, it took for, it was, just, it was good. Yeah. And, and, and then you look at it and you look at Pac and I was like, man, you used to be Neville. And you were on 205 Live. And now you're the bastard Pac and I like this so much more. Oh, yeah, doing top row brain busters. Yo, that was stupid. <laughs> Shit was insane. The overtime thing, I understand. People were like, oh, overtime. You know, I don't care. That shit could have went into 30 more minutes of overtime. It was a short Iron Man match. 30, man, like 30 minutes is like very short for Iron Man match. So I don't mind overtime in that scenario. I thought it was very good. thought the whole go-home show was just great. Um, Even the weigh-in was good. I was like, this is funny. This is yeah. funny. Like Jericho using Moxley's finisher. Oh, that's good. Perfect. Perfect touch. Very good. Now let's talk about Revolution so we can get the hell out of here. Because that's this is a pay-per-view. I'm mad because I'm going to be at the, the Mikey Garcia, Jose, I mean, uh, Jesse Vargas fight. So I'm actually going to have to watch it on delay. But I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. yeah let's talk TV about it. TV set up. It's going down. Um, I, I need so all my attention is going to that. SoCal Uncensored versus The Dark Order. Which is weird because... This would be the great spot to kind of debut the leader of the Dark Order. And they've kind of been teasing Raven, who looks completely different. 
But it's a good role for Raven. But I still think it's Matt Hardy. And they've been... I don't know if that's a red herring every week. But they've been saying, like, little broken Matt type shit. Um... I'm gonna roll like, the dice. I'm gonna roll the I think dice Matt here. Matt can though. stand on his own. I think it's not Matt Hardy because I have a feeling that there's a 90 day no compete, and that's not what it is. I have a feeling it's gonna be Luke Harper. Ooh, because that's the guy that has been gone for a while. Nobody's really talking about him, and this is pure speculation. Obviously, I know nothing, but I feel like Luke Harper is the guy that everybody's forgot about. And if he shows up in the Dark Order, the Dark Order now has some juice. I do like that. And you know, they always they always have a debut. Yeah. Always. Ooh, I like that a lot, though. Fuck it. Yeah, I'm on board. Why not? I didn't <laughs> even think of that. Like, <laughs> I'm sold. Um, give him, let him be the head of a faction. Let's go. I'm with it. So, all right, fuck it. That's, that's the new prediction. I hope you're right. Uh, in the next match, uh, Pack versus Orange Cassidy. Yo, so this this is an interesting one because <laughs> I'm not sure how they're going to play this because a lot of people have never seen Orange Cassidy wrestle. All they've seen him do is AEW stuff where he sticks his hands in his pockets, does goofy spots, and jumps out the ring. But I've seen Orange Cassidy wrestle quite a bit, and my first real exposure to him multiple times is last WrestleMania because everywhere I went to, with MJF, Orange Cassidy was there wrestling. The fucker can work. And if, he, if they allow him to work against Pac, you guys are in for a treat. He'll probably still lose, but d- that dude can work. And As this could should, be fun. But yeah. I, I think, yeah, he's going to surprise people. Just his wrestling ability is going to be enough. Yeah. So I, I like that. Um, yeah, Pac wins that one. Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nyla's, yeah. Nyla doesn't only have to win this match. She should squash her. Um, I think it'll be competitive. I, it's it's a weird one because Statlander was gotta squash someone sooner or later. Yeah, like if you're, I know. If I, you're I, that big of a beast, like you gotta you gotta squash somebody. I agree. I agree to an extent because that the thing about Statlander, she's actually a big girl. Like when you look yeah. at her and you, it's like, oh shit, she got a good size on her. Like she can physically, her and Nyla Rose should be able to work together. Um, Statlander being sick though makes me wonder how they're gonna book this match. Because she's apparently she didn't show up last week because she was really down, had the flu or something. And if she shows up at Revolution, which is just a few days later, I can't imagine them having a long match. So this might end up being a squash. I just they're they're still in this weird spot with the women's division. As Nyla Rose, great, you're the champ, but like we're a long way from like a swole or any of these girls to be a legit competitor. They have to build Not Brit. it. I mean, Brit Brit is probably the. The hottest now, but you got to. I feel like you still got to slow play her because you just had you her do. in that scene. So continue yeah. to slow play her. You got to give her some wins, and plus that's a that's a heel on a heel. Yeah, you don't want to like. I understand that they have different rules, but you still got to play the game a little. Um, yeah. So I don't know who's next, but Statlander is gonna lose. Then we have Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. That's just gonna be fun. Oh yes. Listen, like, fuck it. It's. I mean, I hope they get fifteen. 16 minutes just have fun yeah um this speaks to me saying build your mid card to things that people care about this is exactly what i'm talking about like darby allen whether they whether anybody's know this or not and i don't even know if they knew it darby allen is your homegrown star yep that is your guy that is not your guy who came from new japan or anywhere else he is connected with the fans immediately he is unique he is 
he's aggressive. He can he can go. He's small, which is always going to be a little bit of a problem. But he's a mid-card guy right now that matters. And if you introduce a mid-card title, wouldn't be mad like this would be the match for it. Because Sammy can go as well. So I'm looking forward to this. I think these two guys are going to kill each other. There'll be a coffin drop on the apron edge at some point. Um, some skateboard spot. Uh, I'm going to say Darby Allen gets his revenge. Nah, I, I, but I actually would like to see Sammy Guevara get a win here. Booyah. I have Sammy winning because I think you have to extend the feud. Yeah, and there's, there's Sammy's good characters to give shenanigans. Like you, someone could jump in or you know yeah. distract or something. You know, like Sammy, I, I think should win this because if you're going to introduce a mid card title, you don't need a tournament to do it. You don't need anything like that. You need a feud that has so much heat that they need to now fight for more. And if they go rolling into Vegas and these two are still continuing on this feud. You put the title in the middle of them and give it some real stakes, and that's when Darby Allen becomes your first what television champion. Yeah. So I, I, I like this feud a lot though. Um, least favorite match tonight, Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. I just want the natural back. Like I don't need this half gold dust half I don't know what the fuck it is. Get that shit all the way out of here, and this shouldn't be competitive. Yeah, Hager should probably win here, but this is a match that... It's funny because I, I, can't, I can't look at this match any other way than Jack Swagger versus Goldust. My brain just won't let me think of this any other way. But and they're not far from that. They're not, but it's like Dustin Rhodes against Cody was not Goldust versus Stardust. That was Dustin Rhodes versus Cody. Like That felt like a real feud, with, and it ended up being one of the best matches last year. Period. This, on the other hand, feels like... Eh, Okay, I've probably seen this in the WWF. I kind of don't care, and they're gonna do this. And I don't. I feel like Jake Hager has to win, but I don't expect it to be good. If it's good, it'll surprise the shit out of me. Put it like that. But I think Hager has to win. Of course, he has to win. It shouldn't be competitive. The man's a real MMA athlete. He's been booked as the muscle. He has to win. Okay. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all the way around it, man. Uh, you don't need a damn near 60-year-old winning. True. Let's stop this trend. This isn't geriatric appreciation, Mom. The, the buck stops here. Uh, no pun intended, because the next match, Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the Young Bucks. I hope and pray that they, they play their cards right here and they don't turn Adam Page heel and they actually turn the Young Bucks heel. I don't know how they do it, in this match, I have no idea how they pull this off in this particular match. But I think the best route of action here is it's too predictable to turn Page heel. You turn the Bucks heel. And you force Kenny Omega to make a decision. And then you have a heel tag. But then the only problem now is, is that all the good tag teams are heels. Lucha Bros, Young Bucks, LAX. The best ones are heels. But I, I just really would enjoy a, a, the heel Bucks again. They're great as heels. It's been so long since the Young Bucks have been full-fledged heels. People forgot how good they are as a heel tag team. I don't want Paige. To, I don't want. I don't want. To, I like Drunk Page. I like Page in this role. I don't, I don't think he should turn heel on, on on Kenny Omega. I think that's like the obvious thing that everybody's looking at. Yeah, because how long do you keep Omega in a tag team? Like, it's a cool one-off tag team match, but maybe him and Page gotta really. Have that one-on-one in Vegas at the next pay-per-view. The Bucks as champions make sense. 
you putting on a real tag team. I mean, I don't know. You got to pull the trigger. If you turn the Bucks heel, they got to win. So they got to get the belts anyway. In any situation, it only makes sense for the Bucks to win. The least, My least favorite situation is them dragging this on and keeping the belts on Omega and Paige. Yeah, this again, I feel like the Bucks have to win this match. I don't, I'm not necessarily all in on... Um, uh, even a, even a page and Omega feud, I feel like that they're working towards that, and I'm just kind of like, I I'm not ready for that yet. I don't I don't know what I'm ready for, but I'm just I don't know. It just I'm not ready for it. So all I want to see is Bucks win the tag titles and turn heel. That's it. That's what I want to see. Let's hope it happens. Yeah, I'm good with anyone turning heel, just as long as the Bucks win. Um, MJF versus Cody. Look, man, Cody's Cody's the. Uh, the polar opposite of Triple H when it comes to he gets the big entrance and then he just loses. And I think he needs to lose here. All this buildup, and you think Cody's going to get his revenge, and MJF to be the dashly dickhead that he is pulls a fast one somehow, some way, and beats Cody. You got to keep the heat on MJF. Yeah. What the hell is Wardlow doing if he's not going to help him win? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> right? Like, okay, cool. You caught Cody as he did a backflip off the cage. You already lost your first match. You might as well do something productive. Help him win. I love that this you- is MJF with Wardlow, Cody with Arn Anderson. If Arn Anderson stops Wardlow from winning this match for MJF, get Wardlow the hell out of here. Look, it's I'm his actually, only job. <laughs> I'm actually also intrigued with the idea, and and I mean, this is coming from left field, but I want Cody to get injured in this match. I want them to put him on the shelf until until double or nothing. Like I want them to beat the shit out of Cody Rhodes because Cody is in a position right now where he's like, no matter what happens when he appears, he's like the center of attention. Take him off TV for a while. Like, this is how you really put MJF over. Take his ass off TV for a while. Like, run a completely dastardly demolition derby on him. Because even if Cody wins, they need to murder him. And it puts more babyface fire into Cody, who doesn't need the title. He's that guy. And MJF becomes a bigger heel. And in the interim, until Cody comes back for double or nothing, MJF can do something. He can do something with somebody else. Because this program is not going to end here. It probably shouldn't. It should probably end in some real blood feud type of match. But I oh, definitely, and with a and with a stipulation. Yeah, definitely. But I think they need to put Cody on the shelf. They need to d- destroy that man, kill him. I like it. Yeah, and have him come back closer to May. So yep. I think we both agree. MJF, uh, MJF is the way to go here. Main event: Jericho versus Moxley. I don't know, man. They. <sighs> Ortiz isn't wrestling, like, you know, LAX, LAX isn't wrestling, everybody else got a match, but it's earlier in the night, I feel like Jericho has to win this, maybe he gouges Moxley's eye or some shit, because I think Moxley has to win it in Vegas and bring it that, like, one year full circle. Yeah, I'm thinking along those lines as well, I know a lot of people are like, yo, Moxley's on fire, he hasn't lost, it's time for him to get the title. No, Jericho just really got it. So I'm totally fine with him losing, uh, with Moxley losing to Jericho by whatever, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people are like, Jericho's old, let him get off the title. But 
What I, and this is going to sound weird because it's not necessarily true, but what is Jericho without the title in AEW right now? Yeah, then he's he's honestly without the title a manager for the biggest faction in AEW. Yeah, so it's like I'd rather him continue to hold that title. And this is a weird thing because listen, when NW when TNA first like really got underway and Jeff Jarrett was the champion, I hated it. But when the title finally came off of Jarrett, it meant something. So I'm kind of feeling the same way here. It's like Jericho just keeps winning and pisses people off. And then when he wins, it's like, wow, fucking finally. Because I hated Jeff Jarrett in TNA. I just hated it. But I got it as well. Like after time, I was like, you know what? Let him keep winning. Because then he would be like Monty Brown. He would be like he kept beating people. I think he lost like Christian. And then he got the title back when Christian defected for like a week and everybody forgets about it. But <laughs> what I feel like if Jericho continues to win, it just builds up the moment for when he finally loses. And Moxley doesn't need the title right now. He just doesn't. He's hot. Moxley with the title is kind of like, it, it's almost like Austin with the title where Austin was so much better in the chase. And then when he got the title, it was just like indestructible Austin. And you're just like, all right, fine, whatever. Moxie's kind of in the same role where I feel like everybody should fuck him over and he should just go to war with everybody. He'll eventually get the title. He just doesn't need it. No, yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think it's, there's still some juice left in this feud. Yeah, definitely. And with Jericho, Jericho goes, you know, on tour every year. It's not... He was around WWE a lot, but he he was gone a lot, you know? And rightfully so. He has other shit to do outside of that. So him being a full-time wrestler at 53, just over and over and over, or 49, whatever the hell he is, over and over, nah, I think the guy might want some time. So it's not like you have to leave anything there for when he leaves. Get all the juice out of it. Put, you know, Moxie over. And another thing is, is this can't blow off the feud. Because there's no one else in position to step right in for a title. Exactly. If MJF and Cody isn't ending, if Omega and Paige haven't even started their program, if you have, what, Pac versus Darby or Orange Cassidy, no one's really in position yet to be like, I'm that next guy. I'm going to challenge Moxley. So have it wait. So I feel like that's a smart thing to do. Either way, it's going to be entertaining. It's a card that should be a constant build. Should be fun. Um, man, I can't wait. It's going to be better than WWE Super Showdown. How about that? Yeah, so, definitely. How about that? As, as, as long as that's the case, then we are A-OK. Yeah, it's been a long show. Pretty much two shows combined in one this week. Since we didn't record a show on Wednesday, gave you a double show here for pro wrestling. Oh, but and sorry, guys. We, we Wait, hold on. We still didn't talk MMA. You guys, we can save it for next week, okay? Adesanya fights next week. That's when it's going to happen. There, there's just nothing to care about in the UFC. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, we're going to have a month long of conversations to catch up on in the UFC. Pretty much just recapping all the main events. You know what, Dre? There's a title on the line tomorrow. How about that? Featherweight. Yeah. Benavidez yeah, and figures. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, only right. one man could win it. But neither here nor there. It might be the end of the division. I'm just saying. So, if Benavidez loses, we might be talking about the end of the Federal Division when we come back next week. week um, excuse me, Flyweight Division when we come back next week. So, we shall see. We shall see. Thank you guys for listening to us this week. Follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore. 
me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. Keep your eyes out for more stuff and more announcements from wrestling with stereotypes. Make sure if you guys are in Tampa or know anyone going down that you tell them to buy tickets, support. We're going to have a blast and more stuff uh, that's just in the works for that week. We'll let you guys know what shows we're attending. We want everyone to be a part of this. We want to make sure that we, as in our community, as in minorities in wrestling, have our fun and our just our vibe going down there. Make sure our presence is known. And for us to be a small part of that with everyone else is uh, really good. So try to carry this momentum in. Whew, it's been a lot, but we'll be back on Monday. Thank you guys for listening. For now, we're out. Peace.